Good morning, afternoon, or night. You are now tuned into Third World Living. Hopefully, you lived a little and learned a lot today. We are now tuned into a great episode. And when we left off, we were supposed to get into the Why Don't Believe in Love episode. But today, we have an episode more sensitive on the times. And I wanted to say thank you to all the listeners, anybody that tuned in. Because when we first started off, this podcast did excellent. Right off the bat, just excellent. Especially, you know, getting into monetary things. But we took some time off. And recently, I logged back on to Anchor. And I looked at some of, you know, the stats. And we still have people listening to, you know, episodes to this day. Like, there was recently somebody that listened to an episode yesterday. People that listened to the episode this month, multiple people. We're talking about more than 15 people. I haven't dropped the episode in about a year and a half, maybe two, three, probably two and a half years. So I want to thank everybody that tunes in, everybody that listens. And today we have another exciting topic. Today's topic is all about gender. It's my stance on gender, debunking the idea that there are more than two genders. How most people are wrong about sexuality and genders the word attraction and how it plays into sexuality thoughts regarding sex origins of most sexualities and a few closing statements but before we get into any of these we have a quick message and our daily quote our daily quote today is from harry neff it says sexuality is who you want to be with in the world and gender identity is who you want to be in the world very important to distinguish Sexuality is who you want to be with in the world, while gender identity is who you want to be in the world. So a couple of things I want to be understood before I even start today's topic. When I speak on gender fluent, I am speaking about people who are fluent in and fluent meaning are able to flow through different sexualities and genders, meaning people who are male that seek males, people who are females that seek females, people that are males that wish to be females, females that are females and wish to be males in however many different combinations you can make it a two. Now, there will be outliers in everything I speak about today, but I, when I speak, I'm speaking about the general population and I'm not speaking about the general population for heterosexual and gender fluent people. I'm speaking about the the I'm speaking about the population of either sexually fluent people or the population of heterosexual people. If I want to combine everything together, you'll understand that. But for the most part, today's episode will be differenti- differentiating between the two. Now, my personal idea of what gender is, is very simple. Gender is a dance of two. You're either a male or you're a female. There's nothing short of it. And why this is so important, especially for me, is because on a psychological level, about 90% of what most people do, most people I mean heterosexual people do, is based on procreation opportunities. From the from the second you wake up, when you wake up, you go wash, you wash your face, you wash your body, you brush your teeth, you... Prepare, get ready, put on your smell goods, get dressed in your best clothing, dress for the occasion. From the moment you wake up to those last good night texts that you send, you are preparing to put yourself in an optimal position for procreation. 
heterosexually, you are preparing to put yourself in a, the best possible situation to procreate, whether you understand it or not. And that is an instinctual ability. That is an animalistic ability that all humans that are heterosexual possess. Now, that's important because this is my own personal idea of what gender is. Now, when I speak on my own personal idea, I'm saying my own personal idea is gender is male or female. When I speak on what the general population does, that's just facts, psychological facts. Most people go about their day looking to procreate, maximize their opportunities to procreate. Now, when we think about the definition of gender, which is the factual definition of gender, it says gender is the range of characteristics pertaining to femininity and masculinity and differentiating between them. Depending on the context, this may include sex-based social structures and gender, gender identity. Now, what that means is there are characteristics that belong to feminine traits. There are characteristics that belong to masculine traits. Gender is the idea of which bubble you fit into. If I created a blue bubble on your right and a pink bubble on your left, and I listed a bunch of traits that were feminine and a bunch of traits that were masculine, what you identify with is your gender. That explains your gender. Let's not say it is your gender. It explains your gender. Being that there is only a masculine way to explain your gender and a feminine way to explain your gender means there are only two genders. But how you express yourself can be masculine or feminine. And if we want to go into psychology, it can be androgynous too, which means you have both both masculine and feminine traits, or it can be indifferentiating, meaning you have neither. You have no strong sense of either. So, the textbook definition of gender is based off of characteristic traits. It's not based off of what you like. It's not based off of what you're attracted to. It's based off of whether you display feminine or masculine traits, meaning you fit into a bubble of two. There are only two bubbles you can fit into. You're either one or the other or both. Show signs of both. But there are only two bubbles, which means there are two genders. There are traits belonging to either. You can have traits from either, but there are two genders that you can choose from. There are two two gender options. So I mentioned earlier, and I put an emphasis on my idea of heterosexual people looking to procreate on the daily, dedicating their lives to procreating. And I want you to remember this throughout the rest of the episode because I don't want to have to keep on backtracking to it. But now and day we have this odd and delusional belief that there are more than two genders, that you can be a them. What the hell is a them? That you can be a it. There are so many concepts created in today's time to be able to define gender and identify gender in the expressions of pronouns, which doesn't fit the psychological buildup of the modern human and the heterosexual human. And what I mean by that is if you are looking to procreate on the daily and you have to deal with it, not being defined as a him or her, uh, this person is sexually attracted to or is looking for this, not being that, but literally being a that, 
A gender identity expressed is that, or a gender identity expressed is it, or them, or they. This hurts in the idea of procreation because it makes it that much harder to find what you're looking for. And that much harder in finding what you're looking for creates frustration because it creates, um, what is the word? What is the word? It creates confusion. It creates confusion. Confusion creates frustration, which creates anger and anger creates actions, which means you place so much anger in an idea that's so simplistic and you place so much confusion on an idea that's so simple when the idea of sexuality, what you're attracted to. What you, you know, how you express yourself sexually should be so simple and not only simple, but should be so diplomatic. And what I mean by this is there is a bunch of backlash faced on the idea of what people can and can't do. And a lot of backlash on whether people are going to use these pronouns. And why the hell do they get to be called this? Or why the hell is this this now? Why the hell do they have their own bathroom? Why the hell is this, you know, a bunch of animosity towards a specific group. And this animosity is created based off of things that doesn't need to be there to be able to respect the people that belong to a specific group. And the group we are talking about is the LGBTQ community. Now, the funny thing about most of this is most of it isn't created through the LGBTQ community directly. Most of it is created through fake-ass supporters that supposedly believe in the LGBT community but does nothing but regress towards its progress. If you ask somebody from the LGBTQ community, and again, this is not everybody, but if you ask, they will be happy being viewed as equal beside anybody else, being able to love in peace being able to express their identity in peace. All of these things they will look forward to and be able to appreciate without too much pushback if it was in today's climate. On the contrary, if you ask heterosexual people, you know, about the concept of where does your animosity towards these things begin? If it isn't regarding procreation if it isn't identified in the i if it isn't identified with the idea of procreation well why the hell are these two together they can't do anything and how does that procreate blah 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 if it doesn't deal with the confusion on procreation then there is really no pushback outside of having to conform to different rules that doesn't make sense along with the idea of procreation that already was there. Now, when you what this means is most of society accepts homosexuality in whichever form it comes in. Sexually fluent people. Most of society accepts sexually fluent people. There is a outliers group that is confused on how that can be a thing based off of their views of sexuality and procreation. But there is an enraged group of people who not only are mad about the ideas that they held on procreation, 
but about the conformities that are being forced to them based off of sexually fluent people that are acting out in rage and pushing against the progress of sexually fluent people. Now, most people could care less. And what I mean by this is, most people don't have a conflict in their mind about women being attracted to women, males being attracted to males, women wanting to express themselves as men, men wanting to express themselves as women. women. And this isn't something that's just new. Like we think we made a lot of progress in this current age and it's not. It's not something that's a new progress that has been made over the last 10, 15 years. This has been going on for literally centuries. Literally, whatever is a thousand years, going back thousands of years, you can see these these identifications of sexually fluent people, whether it came during or after their careers. And to name a few. Leonardo da Vinci is said to have made the Mona Lisa in his image as a woman. Leonardo da Vinci, the most famous artist creator, the most famous mind in the world, personal opinion, most famous mind in the world is said to have made Mona Lisa in his image as a woman, which means that he wanted to express himself, if true, Granted, if true, means he wanted to express himself as a woman, which means there was an idea inside his mind that he was curious or had a gender expression as wanting to be a woman, wanting to be a female. Now, what he did in his private time, there isn't too many reports about it, but if the alleged if the allegations are surrounding his most famous piece of artwork is true, the Mona Lisa was created in his idea of what he would be as a woman. Gandhi. Gandhi, one of the most diplomatic, peaceful people that is looked at in history, world history, is said to have divorced his wife and wrote love letters to another man. Love letters and the divorce that has said to divorce his wife is speculation. Divorcing his wife based off of his attraction to another male is speculation. But the idea of him writing love letters to another male is factual information. He wrote love letters to another male expressing how he felt that they belonged together. How he felt that he was cursed because his his body belonged to him. But it was in a male's image so they could never truly be together to bring that back and make it make sense he felt he was cursed and let me put this in words that make sense to what i've been speaking about to this point he felt he was cursed because he couldn't procreate with someone that he was attracted to emily dickerson poems were meant for women, one of the most famous poets alive wrote her poems towards women. The love letters that everybody fell in love with and thought she was speaking to men were actually dedicated to women. She fantasized and 
express ourselves to women. Alexander the Great. <laughs> when we think about a name like Alexander the Great, we think of masculinity. We think of somebody that conquered the world. He had to be, you know, the strongest of the strong. He had to have a thousand women by his bedside. Alexander the Great had sexual attractions to both men and women and held parties, sexual parties where he screwed both of them. And this isn't an idea that's, you know, restricted to few. This is an idea where if you look as far back in history as you want, there are men and there are women that were uh, were attracted to the opposite sex and even expressed that attraction in many different ways. A lot of the elite, you hear it in today's story, a lot of the elite men are attracted to sexual little boys for whatever reason. And, you know, the pedophilia that goes on in the higher excellence. There are sex parties, and this isn't speculation either. I actually know famous people that have you to get into it. There are actual sex parties that include Famous people being inside a room with the same and opposite sex and getting pleasured by both, whether female or male. And it's supposed to be some euphoric feeling, but this is something that is rooted in culture. And the general population can't see that far ahead past their own ideas. But when you look at what's been in the culture for at least the most elite of people, Sexually fluent isn't a thing that's restricted for outliers. Sexually fluent is an idea that has been held by some of the greatest people, as well as some of the people that you never would hear about in your textbooks. Sexually fluent people are everywhere. Sexual attractions can come in any way and sexual expressions can come in any way. But it comes down to two things. Is that person masculine or is that person feminine? Feminine. Do they express themselves masculine-wise masculine, masculine wise, or do they express themselves feminine-wise? It isn't a debate about whether people are attracted to female or males at this point. There shouldn't be a debate whether there are more than one or two genders. There's two genders. How you express yourself is how you express yourself. If you want to put a fancy name on it like transgender, that's cool. I'm transgender because I started off as a male and transitioned into a female. Or I started off as a female and transitioned in a biological way to a male. Now you know. Before even getting to know any more about me, now you know what I started off as and what I am now. You choose how you want this conversation to keep going from now on. I am gay. I have no. What is it? I have no. Interest. In furthering this conversation on a procreation level. Because I am gay and not attracted to your kind. And I was using this both ways. But I am a lesbian. I have no interest or no attraction towards you because that's not what I crave. You can save yourself some time because I am attracted to women. That's it.
That's as simple as gender is. Gender is either male or female. Sexuality is what you're attracted to. Then you have what you want to be classified as. If you want to be classified as transgender, hey, I'm transgender. Before you before you do this dance, just know I'm transgender. If you have ideas of going home with somebody and, you know, having a happy family, this ain't what you're getting tonight. Hey, I'm a lesbian. I'm not going to dance with you. I don't want to give you the wrong impression. My girlfriend is sitting right there by the bar. Hey, I'm gay. I'm... You know, not even gonna give you the time of day, but I could be your home. I could be your homie. I can help you get the next nigga that's sitting over there. But yeah, it's not gonna happen between us tonight. And that saves people time. When people hear those messages, people usually turn the other cheek and go about what they were actually looking for, which is the idea of procreation. But going on this idea of I'm a them. Well, what the fuck is a them? Where does a them lie in any of this? That hurts the idea of A, respecting people's sexuality, respecting people's identity, how they identify. And B, it hurts the idea of pushing the progress forward. Now, something important is attraction. Attraction talks about what you're attracted to. You know, and attraction can be based on a bunch of things. But let me get one thing straight. Guys understand when other guys are attracted, whether they're heterosexual or homosexual. And women, likewise, women are a lot more communicative on whether they feel another woman is attractive. Why? Well, there could be a bunch of different reasons, and a lot of them come down to pride. And the idea of women can enjoy women's time without the masculine force. Women can come over and tell another woman, hey, you're beautiful without feeling intimidated because it's going to be accepted as a compliment and you don't see her as a threat. While a guy can't compliment a guy on the same level. Granted, I said on the same level, a guy can come over, yo, you got a nice fit on tonight or you got that shit on or you got, you know, nice shoes. But a guy generally won't come over, a heterosexual guy generally won't come over and say, well, you look nice tonight. You look handsome tonight. Why? Because there is pride involved and there is the idea of masculinity that is involved where you don't understand where this is taken and how far it will be taken. And you don't understand how much force will be put behind another person's mind by giving them something as small as a simple compliment. Now, why I mention this is because most people feels like if you're not gender fluent, meaning if you don't express yourself with multi or with a different sexuality than the general population, then you don't understand that the other gender can be attractive, which is not true. We understood this since kids. And a few examples from my personal childhood that I'll express is there used to be a kid around the neighborhood. Who all the women were attracted to in all different grades. And one day it was a group of like four of us hanging around each other. And it was the prettiest girl in school. And she was walking down the street. She had a couple of friends with her. And somebody that we was hanging with said, yo, go over there and tell her to come back to that, you know, spot. Tell her to come back to the spot. And he like, what? 
And the kid basically said, yo, you know, they be doing whatever for you. I ain't never seen nobody turn you down. Go over there. Tell her, yo, where y'all going? And ask them to come back to the spot. You get to, you know, talk to whoever you want. But you know they're going to do whatever. Because, you know, you look good. And at the time, the kid was joking. But I believe he even said something to that collar of Like, you know you look good. Like, you're going to be able to get them. And they're going to do whatever you say. That's an idea of understanding the attraction that somebody else has. Whether it's the same gender or opposite. Inside that guy mind, he understood that this person is attractive. Not attractive to women. This person is just an attractive human being. Attraction comes in many different ways. You can have attraction through bonds. You ever had that ugly friend and we're talking or for heterosexual people, you ever had that ugly friend? who you never thought of her as anything different, or maybe if you're a girl, you never thought of him as anything different. And then through enough time and enough funny jokes, that person started to become attractive. Yeah, attraction isn't something that speaks towards sexuality. Attractiveness is fluent. You can understand that somebody is attractive with or without being sexually motivated to be with them. Now, There is another situation that I wanted to bring up. Actually, two more. My friend used to, you know, date a girl. And not speaking on one girl, but he'll date multiple girls. But there's always one test that he'll put his girls to to see if they was loyal or not. And he'll tell me, well, hey, I'm talking to this girl. She doesn't know you yet. Slide inside her DMs. Try to get her. Let me see what she says. Dave, I love you to death. <laughs> I love you to death. That would be the test we would use to understand if the attraction between our girlfriends and, you know, that person or our, our girlfriends and us was real. We didn't choose people who wasn't attractive to do it. We have a friend that looks as ugly as a bear. Can never once say, and granted, maybe he did, but I can never once say that he asked him to do the same thing. But as a kid, I was light-skinned with good hair. Looked pretty good for myself. Couldn't dress for shit, but looked pretty good for myself. What that means is he understands that I have an advantage over most people to appeal to most women based off of procreational needs. Women are attracted to men. Women are attracted to men at a young age that looks well. He understood that I look well. He wanted to test the bond of him and his girlfriend. He used that through asking her or testing her with another attractive male. All of this is procreational. He wanted to test if his bond was strong enough, whether she was attracted to different males, whether she wanted to procreate with different males on a psychological level, or was he enough? These are all things to deal with attraction. 
another thing. Silly. When I was a kid, I used to hate famous people that looked well. Chris Brown hated them. Why? Because I always felt that I would have an opportunity with a famous woman. And the idea of a Chris Brown being out there, somebody who might be deemed looking better than me, which means I have to give him his acknowledgement as a well-looking man, somebody that is acknowledged as looking better than me, has a better opportunity to attract this woman than I do. Based off of procreational needs, he is more famous, he has more money, and he looks better than me. To the general eye, he has a better opportunity to attract what I want. Attraction has nothing to do with sexuality. I'll tell you what does though. Procreation is one. Procreation and pride. Procreation and pride are the two most popular indications for what you are sexually attracted to. We're not speaking on regular attraction and we're speaking on sexual attraction. Procreation and pride are the two biggest indicators of what you're attracted to. So what do I mean by PP? <laughs> Funny, right? Private part, PP, procreation and pride. So PP, procreation. Most people are sexually attracted to people that they can procreate with. We've been speaking on this for the last however many minutes this podcast has been running. But most people are attracted to people, sexually attracted to people that they can procreate with. Why? Because you extend your legacy. You are able to extend your lifeline to another generation of people who can continue to extend who you were as a human being. The most hurtful thing to a human being is being forgotten. Why do you think breakups are so hard? Breakups are so hard because you fear that if you are forgotten by the person who once loved you the most, you will never be remembered. You'll always be alone, which creates a fear. Procreation. You want to procreate and be remembered and loved by a group of people for the rest of your days and understand that your genes and your legacy and your history and everything you stood for since being on this earth will be passed down to another generation for at least one more lifetime. For at least while you live the rest of your days, you'll be talked about and remembered. Procreation. The second part is pride. You want the feeling of being able to speak on what you have. You want the comfortability to being able to express what you have and understand that other people want it. And subsequently, most people can't get it. We're not going to use everybody can't get it because everybody has a way to get into everything. That's just a fact. Maybe even a podcast episode later down the line. But what we will say is we want to be able to have sex and create something and feel proud that we did it, procreation. And we want to be able to 
have sex or sexual relations with someone or something and be able to be proud that we did it. And when we think about this, the first example we used for procreation was obviously a heartbreak for pride. Think about the worst person you ever slept with and how many people have you told that story to? Count the amount of people you told that story to. The worst person you slept with. That was just unacceptable. Just unacceptable. Take a minute. Cool. Now, is the person you told it to someone you deemed to respect and love you unconditionally regardless of the information they received? And for the general population, this would be a yes. If you told anybody at all, this would be a yes. You entrusted your worst sleep, sleepover, however you want to put it. You entrusted your worst sexual experience with someone you never thought would leave you. A best friend, a parent. For anybody outside of that bubble, you probably never told anybody at all. And again, if you're an outlier, you're probably you probably have some psychological, you know, disability. Or you might be sexually fluent. Where you care less about what you attract on one end because there's another end that you attract better. Maybe bisexual. But where does these thoughts of sexual fluency comes from well generally people who are sexually fluent get that way through three things don't believe that anybody isn't me personally i don't believe anybody is inherently sexually fluent or let me not say inherently sexually fluent i do believe that's a thing i don't believe anybody is inherently sexually inherently open about their sexual attraction. I don't believe anybody is biologically inherently open about their sexual attractions. And honestly, I don't believe that most people are sexually fluent to start off. I believe that's something that's developed through culture. But this isn't a psychology class. So to get onto my point, there are three things that usually can identify somebody that is sexually fluent. First, is somebody who has experienced sexual abuse at a young age. Somebody who has, to put it blatant, well, to be sensitive to, you know, people who might have been through it. Sexual abuse. You understand it if you've been through it. People who are usually sexually abused usually attract either the same sex or disregard the sex that they were sexually abused from. First group of people. Second group of people is usually a group of people who has experienced abuse or trauma. People who has experienced abuse, whether they have witnessed it or experienced them experienced it themselves are usually sexually fluent. The third and the most important group 
is people with a corrupt sense of sexuality. A corrupt sense of masculinity and a corrupt sense of femininity are usually people who are sexually fluent. And why this is the most important is because it is the most growing of the three. Nowadays, with the promotion of sexuality and being sexually fluent, there is more than many ideas of being sexually fluent and not organically. Some of it is is even programmed now. Now you can see inside your favorite cartoon that's meant for five years old, five year olds, that they are pushing the idea that women are with women and men are with men. Even in Sesame Street, they made, I believe, the fairy, they made her bi or a lesbian. In Sesame Street. And is teaching kids that being sexually fluent harmful? Yes. In my personal opinion, it is. Why? Because you are bringing something they don't understand and exposing them to a corrupt sense of masculinity and femininity, which decreases their chances of procreation through the line. Now, is expressing sexual attraction bad? Not at all. You should, you should allow young children to be able to accept that idea. Young children should be able to accept the idea that it is okay to crave something different, but they shouldn't be exposed to the idea of sexual, a corrupt sense of sexuality based off of male and female traits. Why? Because you hurt the idea of procreation and continuing a family legacy. You hurt the idea of an animalistic nature. Animalistic in the sense that you need more people to continue your bloodline. You hurt that innate ability. And what I mean by animalistic is not, you know, what you guys think of as beast. What I think of animalistic is the idea that when your throat gets dry, you are thirsty. You need water or something to drink. When your stomach hurts, you are hungry. You need to eat. When your body hurts, something is wrong in that region. Seek medical help. These are animalistic behaviors that we naturally have and, and instinctual behaviors that we naturally have. The idea of procreation is the most popular subconscious one that we have. You can go days with being thirsty where if you didn't have a dry throat, you wouldn't understand you were thirsty. You can go days with being hungry where if your stomach wasn't growling and you didn't feel empty inside, you would go hungry. There isn't too many moments in your life you spend not looking to procreate as a heterosexual being. And corrupting that sense of what heterosexual or sexuality is 
is corrupting a whole generation of people. Now, they should be taught to accept people as they are. I'm not saying that kids, you know, should grow up rejecting the idea of being sexually fluent, but they should and they should embrace the idea of accepting people for who they are. But to push or I might have said that backwards, but yeah, to push that idea onto kids who don't understand what sexuality is yet, you corrupt their sense of what sexuality is, which in turn creates more sexually fluent people. And there are three things that usually lead to sexually fluent people, which we name sexual abuse, people who experience sexual violence, abuse and trauma, people who have been exposed to abuses, whether it is their father beating on their mom, their mother beating on siblings, no father in a home is a form of abuse, or that goes into the third one, which is a corrupted sense of masculinity and femininity, having to see your mom become a father and a mother, having a son raised by his mother, having a a daughter raised by her father, resenting her mother, resenting your father. Those are all forms of corrupted sense of masculinity and femininity. And if you ask anybody who is sexually fluent in today's time, if you went up and asked 10 people, do you fall under any of these three? Nine times out of 10. And probably literally nine times out of 10, if not eight out of 10. They will say that they fall out of one of the three. And a lot of people don't understand that I have a lot of work put in with people who are sexually fluent. And a common thing within sexually fluent people is, A, they feel like something is wrong with them. And B, they don't understand why they are sexually attracted to the other sex. Most people who are sexually fluent doesn't understand where that comes from. You bring up one of those three topics to their mind and nine times out of 10, they will be congruent with one of those three topics. They will be able to agree that they have either been sexually abused or witnessed sexual abuse. They have been abused or traumatized in their life or they have a corrupted sense of what masculinity and femininity is. Their mother was stronger than normal. Their father was stronger than normal. Or anything of the sort. You won't find too many people who grew up in the same household of, as their mother and father, where their father was caring and present, not a father that was always going for work, a father that was there and present, a mother that was there loving and present, and they came out as homosexual. Usually that doesn't exist. Are there outliers? Of course, but that usually doesn't exist. So my closing statements on today's topic and, you know, to sum everything up is I believe there needs to be sexual transparency and sexual transparency in the form of people need to understand what they are getting into before they go on a monkey ride. 
before they go through the haunted maze. You need to understand at a club if you're talking to a transsexual woman or not. And usually it's easy to identify, but for some males, it's a lot of stories, usually from older people, of, you know, mistaken identity. They need to understand what that person's idea or, you know, goals are moving forward. You need to understand if the beautiful woman that is just so, so, looks so, so good is only attracted to women or just not attracted to you. You need to understand these things. Sexual transparency needs to be understood. Sexual allowance needs to be understood in practice. You need to allow people to express their sexualities without doing too much to prohibit that. But there also needs to be understanding against things that are harmful to the progress of people who are sexually fluent. Some of those things include the mass identities of pronouns regarding genders. You are not a them. You are not a they. You are not a it. You are not a is. You are a him or you are a her. You are a biological female or biological male who is sexually attracted to a male or sexually attracted to a female, which can be summed up with the idea of the big five LGBTQ. I am a lesbian. LG, I don't know what G stands for. I'm bisexual. I'm LGBT transsexual. Q, I'm queer, which I believe is a form of gay or lesbian. And, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm tripping. Or I'm gay. You need to be able to express that to allow people of your sexual preferences so people can go about their lives in a subconscious way looking to procreate on the daily basis. Anything different than that idea is blasphemy and it's destructive and it is so harmful and deceiving that it can downright be punishable. To lead somebody on or to give somebody a false hope of something that's not real is downright disrespectful, downright harmful, downright criminal almost. To say something like, not even putting gender inside of it, to say something like, I'm a sapiosexual, I'm attracted to how you think, is so backwards, it doesn't even make sense. Why? Because if you hang around people long enough, which means you have to like how they think to hang around them. Otherwise, you wouldn't hang around them. If you hang around people long enough, you'll be attracted to how they think. If you wanted to say that you're attracted to both sex, I'm bisexual. My gender is, even if you're a male, my gender is a female, I'm bisexual. My gender is a male. Born... I'm biologically a male. I my gender is female and I am sexually attracted to 
or my sexual orientation is bisexual. I was born a female. I'm attracted to female. I sexually identify as a lesbian. Simple as that. It needs to be that clear and that concise. And that is the most important thing moving forward. Because whatever causes confusion, causes arrogant thoughts, causes frustration, causes anger, which causes action. And you won't like the action of people who are confused. Nobody ever does. Any rebellion has started from a group of people that were confused. It leads to wars. Ugly ones. Casualty-like wars. And the casualties doesn't always need to be dead bodies. The casualties can be... Although there has been bloodshed regarding the LGBTQ community based off of people's sexual identification... But bloodshed can be in regressing towards progress. Shattering the idea that you might one day be able to live as you are, be able to express yourself who you are, and be able to feel one of the most psychologically needed things, the feeling of being understood and loved. Those things can be destroyed based off the complexities that are being put around things like sexuality and gender. Which is why today's episode is all about the idea that gender comes down to two things. Your characteristics as a male, characteristics as a female, and which one you fall under. Your sexual attractions is what you are sexually attracted to regarding a male or a female. Your biological sex is what you were born as, whether it's a male or female. And your sexual preferences is what you prefer. Whether you're gay, lesbian, bi, transsexual, or queer. And I don't even know what queer is. I'm guessing it's the same thing as gay. So... That's today's episode of Third World Living. As always, always want to hear your thoughts. Always want to hear, you know, things you want to hear. Topics. Feedback. Positives, negatives. I want to hear all of that. And I believe that Anchor has just recently put on a feature that allows you to ask questions. So any questions, concerns, I will post it to my Snapchat. It's always my Snapchat is the underscore legend 118. My Snapchat again is the, I had a brain freeze, the underscore legend 118, 11-8. Um, email, well, they have the X question feature here. So you'll be able to ask questions here and I'll see them and I'll respond to them through my Snapchat. And if there is some type of way that I can post it onto my stories, I'll post it onto my stories so that you'll always be able to refer to it. And with that, this is the Third World Living Podcast. Thank you so much for listening again. We had another, I believe, great episode, great topic for today. And 
I'll be looking forward to hearing your feedback. I appreciated all the feedback that I have gotten in, you know, recent times. And as always, I'm always open to hearing what y'all think about or what y'all want to hear, topics that y'all want to hear. Um, if you have subscribed or if you have listened to past the, at least the last podcast, you understand that Why I Don't Believe in Love is an episode that was supposed to come out. I probably will release that two weeks after I release this one or a week after I release this one. And I'll have another interesting topic out for you guys coming in within the next two weeks. Um, You know, let's build our tribe up and again, feedback, comments, positives, negatives, and what you want to hear in the future. Send them all to me. Um, I believe I could add guests up here too. If you would like to be a guest and challenge my thoughts on something, I'm free to uh, debate. Whatever you guys want, whatever you guys want to hear, I'm here for it. And with that, hopefully you lived, or learned, lived a little and learned a lot today. And I will see you on the next episode. Also, you guys know on Third World Living, I usually talk about serious topics. And today was a little bit off script because it's more about what's popular now. So I was thinking about creating a whole new channel. And ironically, um, I'm inside the closet recording. I have like a walk-in closet in my new apartment now. I'm inside the closet recording today's episode. So I was going to make the episode or the new season or new, you know, podcast idea for trendy topics called the closet but at third world living we all about knowledge so we decided to keep the name third world living and you know keep on talking about things in an insightful and in an educational way so yeah funny thing that today we talk about you know gender and i was going to change the whole idea to the closet but Blooper for today.